Most of you have no foundation at all. Now, the trouble's with your attitude. a funny joke <laughs> i'm gonna throw that that keyboard against the against the wall <laughs> shut up and sit down last time on the show uh, oh to the place after 105 Pond. yes the, the sad the was, the really third floor apartment it was called an efficiency it was basically a tiny living room a kitchen attached to it yeah bedroom, and then a bedroom and that was it i remember i helped you because the cat had fleas and no one wanted to help and i was like i'll do it man and i helped you and it was fun and then you went to open a cabinet and then tried to open the other cabinet but you couldn't open the bowl at the same time because the kitchen was so small yeah. Yeah. and i was like are you happy here and you said something like i'm never happy <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, Dan! I specifically, specifically remember that whole, that whole thing. Um, that was. It's time, ro- it's time to rock out with your cock out. Is that? That's what we're. Oh, God damn it! There it is. Okay. Oh, I thought he was whipping it out. Yeah, right, Dan. It's fading in and out. We're not even getting it anymore. You what? Yeah. No. It, it was no, hot. that was perfect. That was the most perfect piece of music I've ever played. You're telling me it didn't record properly? No, no, it didn't. And I'm not even mad about it. I'm actually, bugs. I'm actually glad. I'm very glad. Um, but yeah, speaking of things that we're glad about, uh, Colin is back. Thank you. You brought in an audience just for me. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're. I'm so sorry for all of your listeners. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Colin, it's been a while for Colin. Yeah. It has. It has. With the better part of a year, maybe a little over a year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely over a year because we've been doing this uh, remotely for over a year now. Yeah. Because um, of the vid. Because of the mm. vid. Because of the vid. Um, yeah. Yeah. Colin, we brought you on originally because you're what most would call um, a lesbian. No, that's a thespian. Yes. That's a thespian. That- Oh, th- I can be th- both, can I? It's a th. Sorry. I mean, he likes women. <laughs> yes, we're not wrong yes. on that account. Yes. Colin is the thespian who's who's involved in the Black Friars Theater. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was working with Black Friars Theater back mm. in the early spring of 2020 as we were doing a show called Silent Sky. Then, as Rocco put it, the vid happened. Exactly, exactly. And we definitely want to, after the break, get into like, you know, you, you have direct experience as to how COVID really affected local theater. Yes. yes. And um, very interested in that. Abs- absolutely. Um, so thank you for being here. Um, yeah. But the three of us, we need to talk about current events. That's everyone knows we start the show on current events. Um, Dan, you know, I was telling you, I texted you earlier about it, what I wanted to talk about, but did you have anything on the top of the hour here? Uh, no, not really. Um, oh, okay. You know, there's a giant uh, 
spending bill, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That if infrastructure spending sure. bill, if it goes through, would be absolutely huge. But so that's really just on the ticker. We're waiting for that to happen. Uh, I noticed that uh, the draft is just exploding. People are losing their goddamn minds over this NFL draft. Uh, maybe it's just me. It just seems like crazier this year. Um, and that's about it. But yeah, this, this Caitlyn Jenner thing that I know you wanted to talk about is it's so bizarre. Non, it's bizarre, but it's non-consequential, but also that's what people said about Trump. So <laughs> I, I guess we should pay attention to it, but also like it's, it, but it's, shit? I don't know. It's a lunacy. Um, yeah. someone used a term that I don't know if I'm allowed to use. Um, but I probably not. So go ahead and say it. I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) You're in a safe space. She's the uncle Tom of transgendered people. Um, I didn't make that up. I read that in an article. So everyone calm down. Um, was that the hill? (laughs) No, that, I mean, no, it wasn't, but, uh, it's just like, no, the hill would be on her side. Uh, Well, but that's the thing. The people that came up with this idea, like, but like, think about it. The, the Republican Party is a party that is synonymous with taking the rights away from transgendered people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what kind of message does this, this send? Listen, it's all about strategy. Somebody came to Caitlyn Jenner or maybe she had this idea to begin with, but they said, look. You're a conservative, and I do believe that she is a conservative um, because I think she, it comes down to she is. For her. It's yes. about not being taxed. She That's, was a, a Trump supporter, a vocal Trump supporter. Right, right. Um, and so when you have someone like that who you would think would be a little bit more to the left as actually leaning leaning to the right, it's clearly because of money. It has nothing to do with social issues. It's all about I'm a wealthy person and I don't like that I'm taxed. That's usually what it comes down to. If I'm mm-hmm. painting with a broad brush. Uh, so with her, I think the strategy was, OK, we have someone who's a transgendered individual who's high profile and the conservative party says we need to look to the future. How are we ever going to de- defeat the Democrats? Uh, we can't push someone like Trump again. So what else are we going to do? So they came up with this idea where, where basically Caitlyn Jenner is a way for conservatives to vote for her and then say out loud, see, I'm not a bigot. I can so, vote for trans people. So an, an, a novelty, a novelty. Colin, did you have anything to weigh in on this? I don't, I, I honestly, I had not heard about it until right before we started talking. I just saw her popping up and mm-hmm. all of the LGBTQ plus that uh, I follow on Twitter were just like, yeah, um, all my straight allies, Caitlyn Jenner, we don't own her. We don't, we don't like her. Yeah, she I'm just like, why, why is that coming up? Oh, I'm too busy to find out. And like, wait, what the hell? She's running for governor. Wait, she's a Republican. Yeah, it's a yeah. weird thing where, where you yeah. can be trans and still deserve respect from everybody, including the the gay community, but also like you could still be a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is I I hate Caitlyn Jenner not for being trans, but I hate her politics. Yeah, right. and notice right. how I'm using the pronoun her. Because mm-hmm. I'm respecting the fact that that is her gender, yeah, uh, and I and I always will, and I will for any of this show. We're we're vulgar. We don't deserve to have a platform, but we no, do. We but we've always been allies. Mm-hmm. We and we're always going to be. So again, even though I think that she's a huge piece of shit, mm-hmm. it's not because she's trans, right? 
yeah, we're going to judge you based on your, your actions and just how shitty you act, you know, and whatever, you know, identifiers that you, you have, those don't play into it because that would be what a shitty person does and thus makes you a target for the critical mass podcast here. (laughs) That is true. That is true. And it, it makes me sad because like, if, if you guys watch the comedy central roasts, she's been on one or two and um they didn't hold back and roasting her like i know i think it was blake griffin said that like her <laughs> surgery proves that no one in that family wants a white dick um yes, that was a good one. Oh my god and, and and they went on and on and on and it got to a point where i was even cringing and that doesn't happen often for me and and then caitlin jenner came up to the podium and said that if I can sit here and take this, then you can do what you need to do to be comfortable in your own skin. And I thought that that was such a positive and wonderful message. And then to be on the party lines of those that are so against that message. Yeah. It's so confusing. It's it's fucking tone deaf, dude. It's tone deaf. She has no, it's like, she doesn't know what comes out of her own mouth. That was a beautiful thing that she said, and I, I love that she was a good sport about it. Um, it's it's tough being up there. I've heard other other actual comics, seasoned comics who have been through that before that say that it's absolutely brutal. I mean, when people say things about you, they're joking, but like it cuts deep sometimes. And yes. So someone like her to go up there and just take it like a fucking man. Take it on the chin. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was low. That was low. Um, you were you were auditioning I, for, for yeah. Comedy Central's <laughs> Right. Yeah, so that I mean, I I was impressed by that. You're right, though. It's it's just disingenuous, almost. It's um, it's like talking out of one side of your mouth and then the other. I mean, how can you join a party that that consistently, since the dawn of time, has done everything in their power to um, take away rights yeah. from? Yeah, I mean, right now we have what 14 different states in the country that are trying to actively pursue some sort of anti anti trans or anti LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. um, health care rights or mm-hmm. bills that they're trying to push through. It, 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 it's bonkers to me. And here comes this transgender woman who says, Hey, I'm going to run for governor. Okay. Kind of cool. But as a Republican, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm sorry. Are yeah. You, are and you that's going to be interesting. Maybe we should pay more attention to this. Colin, that's a great point. We need to see questions being asked of Caitlin. Excuse me. How can you be a part of this party? What are your thoughts on this, on these 14 states that are doing this? I mean, California clearly wouldn't be one of them, but if she were the governor, would she try and take away rights? Would she sign any bills that came into passage about anything that would be transphobic? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she's going to have to answer to that. Right. Yeah. And, and to, to your point, California is a safe, a safe space for someone of her background to you mean operate. Wealth? What? I'm sorry. You mean wealth? That too. But yes, to all of that, she, yeah. she can, let me look at what Arnold did. He he's clearly at least based on his, last few years of social media posts very much a liberal kind of guy very anti what is the rightest leaning republicans but he was a republican wasn't he as as the governor so i mean you've got that as well so you've got these these considered liberal leaning 
politician or excuse me, uh, celebrities going into politics, but they're doing it in California where, you know, it's a liberal state for the most part. Mm -hmm. But I want to see her challenging her cohorts in Georgia and Texas and Alabama, you know, those places where she has almost no impact. But I don't know, because if you look back at the history of California governors, they have a long history of, of, of electing Republican governors. I don't think the one in there now is a Republican, but I mean, there's some, I, I can only name two off the top of my head, you know, Ronnie Reagan yeah. and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, two very big profile people that were governor of California of all but, states. But also too, I think Russ, when we had him on our show, said it best, but he said, remember when it used to be Republicans were just fiscally conservative and liberals were just yeah. fiscally liberal? And it was right. all about taxes and who paid what for what. That's yeah. what it was. It wasn't what it is today, which is insanity. Pure. Everything is politicized. Every single thing is mm-hmm. every social issue. Every aspect of your life is politicized. That's what it comes down to. Because I, it's- I'm glad you brought that up because I'm looking at the uh, the Dallas Cowboys poster behind you, and I really don't think that's America's team. And the fact that you have that offends me <laughs> as an American that has the Buffalo Bills as my team because yeah. we're red, white, and blue. So that makes us more American. So I think that that is a, a yeah. thing that we need to talk yeah. about. Colors. Colors help. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh man, here we go, butthurt Dan. Also, also <laughs> let me let me also say that there's not a single cowboy uh, that ever liked the moniker of America's team. The, um, the coach hated it. Tom Landry hated it. Um, mm-hmm. The entire team didn't like it. Um, Tom Landry didn't even like the fact that there were cheerleaders. We're the first football team to have cheerleaders, and he was like, "This is a nonsensical waste of time." He was also like a fucking Protestant, so he didn't like girls dancing around like that. But you know, the media you know, gave him that that moniker. And you know what? It's stuck. That's fine. And and I have to agree. Like, it's silly to call one team America's team. That's nonsense. The um, Packers are America's and, team. And okay. Buffalo, I got to give props because the only team that plays in New York. That's I, true. I, yeah, the Jets, there we go. That's the Jets and the Giants, two major large market teams. Can't they have to fucking share a stadium like it's a rental or something? Yeah, in New Jersey, that we're yeah, it's in New Jersey. And don't give me some shit about how like it's considered New York or the New York area. No, it's not even in the same state. Go fuck off. It would, it's much better to have it like a little bit further upstate. You know what I mean? Where where people from New York City can get to it pretty quickly and easy. Sure. Or even out yeah. in out in Long Island somewhere. Get them in P- Poughkeepsie or Kingston or something. Yeah. You know? Right. Don't you fucking New Jersey? I didn't. It was Josh <laughs> Allen. He made a great. Um, yes. Very recently, right? He said, he said like, oh, that. we're the only. Someone said, oh, how do you feel about being the best right now? Being the best team in New York, and he's like, I'm. I thought we were the only team in in New York. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they did that yeah, little yeah, finger yeah. point thing that everyone it, fell in love with. I yeah, might have a little bit below the waist, you know. Right. Yeah, it was a little swollen down there. And I loved, I loved that. Um, you know, Bill, the Bills will always have part of my heart. Um, but yeah, going back to what you were saying, Colin, people are very sensitive. They politicize everything. Everything is a, is a policy. It's gonna thing. cut me off. Yeah, because no one likes you. But um, it's true. You know, I, I blame Newt Gingrich. I think you can look into it, but he used C-SPAN. He was like on C-SPAN all the time, and he really helped to divide the nation. Everything that we talk about, social issues, life, money, everything comes down to a red versus blue. Everything, well, even the virus. You know what's fun is I read this great – someone wrote a, a small article. I got to find it. 
And the article was that they were at the gym, uh, like a Planet Fitness, we'll say. Mm -hmm. And they were running on the treadmill in the morning. And the two TVs, there were a whole line of TVs, but the two TVs directly in front of them, to the left was Fox News and to the right was CNN. And he said, and I took the time to like, because you couldn't hear them. You could only see the subtitles. And he goes, and it was incredible, the stark differences of like all of it. And, and like said, stop saying that like CNN is just like the liberal Fox News when it's like it isn't. No, MSNBC is. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. And uh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. But like, you know, because everything is so politicized, so polarized. So, you know, you're in your box there and you're in your box there. And I put you in these boxes because it makes me comfortable. I have to associate you with a color or an ideology because it's what makes me comfortable, you know? And it's, it's frustrating because I, I personally, I have some conservative views, but I am also the type of person that says those are my views and you don't, you don't need to share you don't need to share those views. Yeah, let them out. Like, let them out of the cage. What are your conservative views? Ooh. Oh, well, that we're doing this right now. Yes. Well, you, know, you brought it up. Well, this there was exclusive. There was one that really pissed off uh, K. I don't want to say pissed off. That's not fair. But K Dubs, she came on and was like, "I'm going to need you to explain yourself again." <laughs> um, and it's uh, my stance on on abortion. Um, if it were my situation, it's not what I would want to do. But you support the idea of choice. Correct. Right. And that's the thing that people don't understand is that I'm not pro killing babies. I'm pro whatever the fuck you need to do. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. That's what you know, just go do what you need to do. If you want to get an abortion, go and get one. You should be. My argument is that I don't think that is a conservative viewpoint. Agreed. I don't oh. think it is the the crux of the conservative versus liberal issue is whether or not you're pro-choice, whether right. you believe that someone should have the choice to do it or right. whether it's an abomination to do this act whatsoever. The fact right. that it's not for you, but you allow others to have that is exactly what the liberal take on this is. Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess I always thought that in myself that that was something that was like a conservative view I had was that that's not, but then again, you got to think about it too, is I'm also a dude. I don't have a vagina. So if I was with a girl and and she I would tell I would tell her I want to keep it. Yeah. But if she would go and get an abortion, she should have the right to, to do that. So I guess I don't know. That's that's that view. And I also, um, you know, I th I think that we should absolutely uh, have the Second Amendment, um, but it needs to be super regulated. Like, I don't believe in banning. Mm -hmm guns altogether i believe in banning certain types of guns you just want to have a conversation i want to have the conversation but, but that makes you a marxist communist mm -hmm. who believes that no one should own a gun it, it has to be viewed as black and white it's either you have all guns or you have no guns and if you can't tell me i can have all of my guns then you are on that other side of no guns and that makes uh -huh. you a marxist communist yeah. And and I guess maybe that drives the point home is that, yeah, like I, I feel this way about these things. And even like when I give a caveat to it, you know, it's you're an awful person. You need to take a stance. 
And it's like, this is my stance. This is the stance that I have. This is how I, I stand. This is how I walk. It's like a penguin. But that is my stance. Yes, you waddle quite quite specifically. I do. Thank you. Yeah, the politics, man, it just it, it doesn't feel like we're gaining any ground. It just feels like we're becoming more divided. Um, it's a sad feeling. It is. You know. It is. I'm 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 tired of it. I'm honestly I'm I'm tired of it. I'm exhausted by it. Oh, there um, is another thing happening right now is the climate change agreement. Uh, we've we've we're back in the game and we're trying our best. There's uh, something about, I think, cutting all greenhouse gases in the U.S. by 50 percent by 2050 or something like that. I mean, the I thing is, I've been doing a lot of looking at, you know, pollution and, and climate and stuff and people really put it on the consumer on the three of us will say really, really hard. Like make sure you're recycling. Don't use plastic, um, blah, 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 do this, do that. Right. When apparently, and, and don't quote me, but something like 70% of the total pollution comes from major corporations and everything that they're doing. And they're just putting it on us to, I mean, sure. What we do is helping us feel guilty about it, (laughs) but really they sell us us products filled with plastic and you know they're not worried about their carbon emissions or carbon footprint but then they turn around and go like see you should be buying this yeah it's a weapon of mass distraction you know to say it's all personal responsibility except for the person that is this business which you know remember a couple of decades ago we decided that businesses are now people Mm -hmm. so Right. Now we have point. no personal responsibility for businesses, but we do for the individual, essentially. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. You know, and it and it goes back. And, and then you have things like um, and we talked about this before with with uh, Dr. Richard Cox, Dan, was there all these electric cars are going to start coming out. GMC has committed to 2024. Their entire line will be electric. Yeah. G- GMC. Their whole line will be electric. They've committed to 2024 as being the date for that, that they will have the same power, the same torque, and they will be fully electric and the whole, the whole line, which is great. But when you charge them, the chargers that relies relies on at this point, a coal, coal, coal plant, but a coal plant to, to, to use that charger. So like, sure. That's nice. It's a good thing. GMC is doing, but like we need to, push it further well that's why it's a team effort because we need to focus on clean renewable energy sources solar wind water in order to get our electricity and uh, stop we focusing on on coal this that's why that big bill that i was talking about earlier is actually really important because it would absolutely demolish the coal industry in america and part of it by the way if you're worried about coal miners jobs uh part of it is actually investing in um, retraining these people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe Manchin, uh, who at this point is the crux of the entire thing, uh, his state heavily uh, a coal state. I think it's I think he's from Virginia. Um, One of those states no, doesn't he, matter. He, he's a Democrat that was elected by a by a coal state. And and his vote on this is very important. So, well, uh, the this is the Republicans are the party of go find another job. You know, if that's not making enough money, go find another job. And then when it's coal, when it's coal jobs, 
No, no, you can't take away their jobs. What are they going to do? All right, go find another right. fucking job. You just said that, dude. Yeah. No, 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 Meanwhile, no, no. See, it's not meant for those people. It's meant right. for other people, but we can't say it that plainly. So we're right. just going to use these euphemisms of who should or should not get jobs. That no are one was ones. no one was worried about those air conditioning jobs at the carrier plant that Trump fucking destroyed no. or the or the Chevy Cruze plant that they that he allowed GM to completely fuck over. Oh, God. While he stood by and watched that happen. Mm-hmm. Of I course. Mean, he probably gosh. touched himself, too. I just like I just and I, I say this to a lot of people is I am not a smart man. <laughs> I, I am not at any level of genius intellect, but mm. I can see these things. And the fact that there are people out there like Ben Shapiro and others that will call themselves geniuses and that they have a genius intellect and they can't see the simplicity of these things and the different layers and levels. Like when people argue with me, I always, you're not smarter than me and I'm not smarter than you. There's nothing you possess more that I don't or answers that you possess that I don't, unless you have a doctorate or, or you, your degree is in that field, then sure. Obviously you're going to know fucking more than me, but like some of these people that are like, Oh, I heard the vaccine uh, makes create stillborn babies. You are not a doctor. Hmm. You are not a doctor and possess no more knowledge than I do. I would say you should have been stillborn. Mm. Fucking don't Damn spout me, stupid do fucking shit. Lives are at risk. Yes. And I was listening to a podcast today about it. And um, there's this big fucking dude who's like a conservative think tank guy. And he does a lot of like, you know, he works with a lot of people in, in marketing the entire conservative party and all this bullshit. Sure. And he was getting to get he, he had a stroke like a year ago and almost lost his life and and you know so now he takes the whole covid thing extremely seriously and maybe he did from the beginning but you know he he thinks health is a serious issue but so we got together um a focus group that's really where where he works and uh, he gets together this focus group and they and he starts talking about okay why why is it that you trump supporters who voted for trump in 2020 and don't want a vaccine what is your issue and they kind of list it and it's the government and it's doesn't yeah and this one guy goes into like you know you can watch the news and they they talk about like, no one actually looks at the facts you know facts is if you're 65 or older or overweight that that's that's really the only people that need to be worried about it and what he's not understanding is that people like that they're not understanding everybody gets vaccinated so that they don't transfer it to others. Yes. <laughs> it's completely, it's just such a, it's this narcissistic frame of mind that is just like, well, it doesn't affect me. So I don't need to be worried about it, but then they can say it affects other people and it's serious for them. So they can feel like for that instant mm-hmm. that they are caring about someone else when yeah. it's just like, just go get the vaccine and shut the fuck up. Well, just he, shut up. He tried to convince these people that they, you know, should get it. And, and he was asking them questions about why and what they're, you know, if their likelihood, what their likelihood is at that moment. And it was very low. Their likelihood was very low of getting the vaccine. And so he brought in the former head of the CDC and he brought in other senators and representatives to talk to them. 
Nah. And mm-hmm. they were just kind of like, nah, I mean, whatever. There, maybe the needle moved a little bit for them, but the one thing that really pushed them over and started to help change their mind was former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie. <laughs> he came on with this focus group and, and said to them, okay, hey, um, I got it. And I was in a room with seven other people for four days straight for about four hours each. So that's 16 hours total. And we were trying to get ready for one of the presidential debates. It was me and a bunch of other Fox News people. And six out of the seven of us got it and got it bad. And then he's like, and this one woman who I forget her name um, was really young, really fit in her 30s, ran four to five miles a day. Sure. Um, And she got hit pretty hard. Like she was out cold for like 10 days. And so he started to illustrate that like it's random. You never know what's going to happen. And he said there was a 60 something year old who is a longshoreman um, who works on the docks in New Jersey and really fit guy, like really in shape. Yeah. Opposite of. He and his wife got it, and they both died. Jesus. And so these people are just like, oh, shit, okay. It's it's sad to me that someone as high profile as the former head of the CDC, they don't take very seriously, but a quasi-celebrity ex-governor, Chris Mm -hmm. Christie, can get on and say, okay, this is true. This is happening. And then they go, okay, maybe I should listen to the experts. Yeah. Like, like you... so where are the conservative leaders come out and say, get the fucking vaccine. Well, yeah. I mean, it could have, I mean, it probably could have been what Dale Earnhardt jr. Could have come out there too. And probably right. said the same thing. Chris Christie said, and they all be like, Ooh. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. You, you hit the nail on the head that people don't care about actual knowledge. Mm-hmm. They they care about someone who reflects their thoughts, their worldviews, telling them something new and educational as if like, oh, my God, all these things that I've been told by people yeah. who have degrees upon degrees that I've been ignoring purely because they associate with people I don't like or don't agree with. I'm going to now listen to that purely because some arrogant, washed up piece of shit politician that I've always admired is coming in and saying it because he was stupid and didn't listen and had repercussions. And unfortunately, nope, not going to say that sentence out loud. I'm just going to say and survived to tell the tale and be a cautionary tale about it. (laughs) And there were all kinds of precautions taken as well, because every time you would show up to work, they would actually do a rapid test for everybody and they all would test negative. So like his point was like, even in that situation, we were all being extremely safe and it still happened. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to be safe. You got to be careful. And it's just, come on. If Chris Christie can get some of these fuckos to change their mind, then go at it. Like there should be all kinds of people in the, in the Republican Party <laughs> coming out of the woodwork and saying, listen, if you're in my state, if I represent you, if you're one of my people, like I know you might have reservations about this. I know politics are crazy right now, but please go get vaccinated. Even if you're young, even if you're healthy, because you could spread it to others. But yeah. that's not how politics work now. Politics are, oh are about inciting your base and getting them on your side and getting them to love you 
to your point earlier, Rocco, people are you know narcissistic. The, the last 12, 14 months have shown me just how incredibly unempathetic our country is as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, not just with the the political background of COVID and masking up, social distancing, and now the vaccine. It's 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 you know, let's not even take into the account the the Black Lives Matter movement, the, you know, the anti-Asian American attacks that have been going on and that bullshit, but just specific to the coronavirus, it is full of monstrous people who are playing victim and saying, oh, I'm being forced by this government that wants to flag me and put a Star of David equivalent on me with this little vaccination card. No, I'm not going to let them track me. And it's all about me. Good luck to you. And we'll get herd immunity. Well, guess what, dumbass? How do you think we get herd immunity? Yeah, exactly. Someone sticks a little tiny pin in your shoulder. Right. You feel some after effects for 48 hours and you go out in the world. That's that's how it works. That's how vaccines works. It's that they, simple. They probably think herd immunity is when we just naturally gain some sort of well, yeah, they defense against it. Exactly. Um, we need we need to go to a break soon, but I yes, I just wanted to make one last point on this on this topic. Um, is if you guys remember nine eleven and listeners, no, if you remember nine nine eleven, um, what happened? A lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. Um. Jesus, we- take a pepto or something <laughs> i will constantly burping i know um listen this is rocco so hey got we pause gotta, john well, yeah right no. all right so 9-11 mm-hmm. twin towers got hit next day we had the tsa and people were complaining about taking off their shoes and the random checks and what did you have you had billy bob joe bob going hey listen here man okay lost a lot of people 9-11 Okay, lost a lot of people. They tell you to take shoes off. They tell you they're gonna check your butthole. You do it for America, okay? Because if you ain't doing nothing wrong, then you ain't got nothing to hide. Mm. And and you're just like, all right, that's your viewpoint, I guess. And then fast forward to COVID, these exact same people go, I gotta put a mask on for America. What does that mean? Do you see like it's this pick and choose? It's so weird. It's just such weird behavior to me. Yeah. You you would you're good with it, spreading your cheeks and lifting your sack for America, but putting a piece of cloth over your mouth becomes a political issue. Right. I don't know. I mean, I do remember there being a lot of resistance about the TSA and you know all that all that airport stuff. I remember yes. a lot of people complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But I do remember also within a year or so they caught that shoe bomber. Yes. Yeah, we tried to get on the plane with a, with a fucking bomb in a shoe. Um, so it's like, okay, so I can't bring a full bottle of fucking shampoo. Like, what is wrong with you guys? Seriously, like, that's such a minor inconvenience. It's well, ridiculous. yeah. And that's my point is that it's, ah, oh, blah, blah, you know, and it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> fucking, well, I'll end it out with this. Uh, Todd Glass has a whole bit about, like, you know, when you see a sign for something, that means that someone tried that. Uh, yeah. So, when you go to the airport and they have a big glass case of like all these items that you can't bring on a plane, that means someone tried to try to bring those, bring those on a plane. He's like, I swear to God, I saw a chainsaw in there. So that yeah. means someone tried to bring a fucking chainsaw on a plane. He's like, and you know, there's some asshole walking around right now going, don't fly Delta. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh God. Uh, speaking of that, you want to know a little trick? I haven't flown for a long time, but back when I did fly, you couldn't bring a lighter on on a plane, and I was a smoker. Um, so I landed at JFK and I had a really long layover. So I wanted to do my usual and smoke a pack of cigarettes in an hour. Um, so what I did was I was like, shit, I don't have anything. Right. Then I remembered at Rochester international, they confiscated my lighter. So I went up to the TSA at JFK and was like, Hey, you confiscate lighters, right? They're like, yeah. I'm like, can I have one of them? And they were (laughs) like, at yeah <laughs> and i was like thanks man it should just be an exchange program right it's like a take a penny yeah, take a, oh damn it and yeah. then, and then <laughs> colin I, was right there ready for it. and then yeah. when i left when i had to go back through security because i went outside they're like we have to confiscate this i'm like yeah fine. Okay. sounds great okay <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't seem very heartbroken about this sir yeah well, it's thanks for being like, good about this see right? they could just do that with chainsaws See, now we're on to something. All right. Well, with that being said, we'll be right back. When we come back, we're going to talk to Colin about uh, COVID and the theater. We'll be right back. Sounds good. Serenity now. Do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend? Cream, cream ale. Do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much, leading to discussions about political philosophy? If so, then we have a podcast for you. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jake. Join us at the tavern for a pint, a few laughs, and some nonsensical discussions. I will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers. (laughs) A political podcast for the unencumbered political mind. Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. Gary's Guns, Guns, Guns. Wow. Here at Gary's Guns, 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 we're expanding our inventory into self-help books. We will be starting off a series on how to deal with the George Floyd verdict. Now, you're probably seeing a lot of social media posts celebrating the fact that Officer Chauvin is in prison and that he's been handed out a guilty verdict. This probably doesn't catch you just right, does it? Well, here at Gary's Guns, 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 it doesn't catch us right either. That's why we're publishing our very first self-help book about dealing with this guilty verdict. In the book, you'll find many ways of dealing with people on social media and your personal life on a day-to-day basis. That fuel is at the Black Lives Matter movement, and well, I don't know who wrote this, but this is terrible, um, is at the Black Lives Matter movement, and resisting arrest is the new normal. Here's an example of one way you can fight the changing of the norms. Point number one. Point out the fact that when Derek Chauvin was sentenced, he stood right up and put his hands behind his back. If only George Floyd had done the same, we wouldn't be in this mess. Oh, my God. Simply reminding African-Americans that we live in a fascist state where police are allowed to do whatever they want without consequences. And that should submit to them at any given time is the way Christ intended to govern America. Get So that's that's a great point, Gary. Get this and many other self-help titles from Gary's Guns, Guns, Guns today and pick up a free mini book on how to make your penis look bigger by buying large trucks. (laughs) Oh, my God. Great. That's a great read, man. Uh, If someone only a better person were reading it. Um, But I mean, Gary. uh, uh, This is their defense. This is their defense that that their entire like worldview, their focus is on 
doing what you're told. They were brought up to do what you're told. They were brought up to respect Catholic nuns. They were brought up to respect their elders. They were brought up to to, uh, respect police. And so no matter what happens, in their view, minorities deserve to be killed, apparently, because they resisted arrest. Yes. That's their view. So if they had just done what they were told, then none of that would have happened. I Yes, Dan. we That's, That's their point. We talked about this in the last episode. We talked about this on insensitive culture last night. You're like, you're not, you're not wrong. I don't know how much more I can agree with you. Anyways, I'm a new audience. So uh, I guess it bears rehashing. Yeah. I guess that's fair. You're, you're on camera with us here and I'm noticing um, soundproofing behind you and and a very good looking microphone, nice headset, what are you doing with this equipment? Do you have your own show? I, I, I don't. I don't have my own show, but I am working on some projects in the background. What I actually <sighs> built this for is uh, for some voiceover work that um, I've been uh, working to get into. Um, don't don't let these dulcet tones fool you. I I am very much a a trained vocal person can i i have As to you can jump tell, in. i can speak very well nicely yes you can i have to i have to talk good. Kyle, i have to i have to say this dan so we would play this D game uh dungeons and dragons uh but it was star yeah, wars gotta go it was set in no no but it's to the point here it was set in it's set in star wars and it's like the usual people me casey chris obviously colin was there well colin's character he stayed in character and monologued at one point to all of us literally applauding it. Did you hear a word I just said? No, he was too busy uh, providing the sound effects. God, honestly, Dan, with you. I roll the dice, and if I get over a seven, then that means Princess Leia kisses her brother. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did you hear what I said, though? I mean, Colin was to a rousing applause for for a monologue he did in character. So very much arousing. I see. I see. It no, was I, very arousing. Oh, I, well, okay. So what you're saying is uh, he's talented because you saw him in a in a Star Wars version of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just fun for me. It's just fun to do voices. Uh, I've been ever since I was a kid. I was that kind of kid that would literally. You ever have those little when you were growing up? Have that little boombox that was white it had the the cassette tape that loaded in there as a microphone yes Mm -hmm. i i was the kid that would host a radio show and i would (laughs) host it with my little sister and and this is me a grown man saying this on a radio on on your podcast i I can't wait to have people hear this um don't worry but it was just making up voices and characters and having fun with it and if i heard a voice that i liked i was doing my best to impersonate it as much as possible right so as that kind of grew and as the pandemic hit in the last year uh my partner god bless her to heaven and back she supported me taking this unused closet in the house and i ripped out everything that was in it and i put in these sound panels uh she got me a desk for my laptop and for my mic stand and everything and uh i'm now taking classes for voiceover work and working on getting a demo reel and everything squared from there while i continue to play 
Okay, so I, I don't know That's if we're awesome. allowed to ask, but is there anything that we could look forward to seeing you in or hearing you in, I should say? Well, um, in this moment, nothing as of yet, mm-hmm. uh, nothing that I can necessarily talk about. But uh, to rehash back on, um, when I was on your show back in, I want to say it was February of 2020, we were talking about wow. the show Silent Sky. Um, ah, yes. As, as that happened around the same time as the you know the demonic devil that is the coronavirus or novel coronavirus um two weeks before the show was meant to go up it ended up getting canceled uh closed the entirety of the rest of the season was closed off we had built the set the lighting was getting put in let me tell you guys it was it was going to be fucking spectacular i believe it in terms of the experience the whole show is based in not only in the writing of these characters and you know the history behind astrology, especially what um, what was discovered in the early 1900s. It was about also... a, a female character, right? I'm sorry to interrupt. A female character that yes, that, that was a major, and it was based on actual history too. Yes, right? yes. The the whole Scientist. play is based off of Henrietta Leavitt. She is the woman who is responsible for pretty much all the things we use for space travel. Uh, she <laughs> determined how we can map the stars, the distance between them. She was the one to do it. Um, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. She was the one who discovered that in the early 1900s. And this play is talking about that and, you know, her character, her growth and whatnot. I'm just an amalgamation of all men at the time. I'm not actually a a, 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 a non-fictional character. I'm 100% made up. Mm. But the experience also ties in such really great visual and audio aesthetics in there so it was going to be a really fun wonderful show and then two weeks out they we had to cancel it everything was closed everything was shut down and it was just like well shit um what go ahead no go ahead go ahead to the point the reason why i went so long-winded is right now um i can't say it for certain but the plan is this show will go up in the 21 22 season at blackfriars theater in rochester that is the tentative plan is that this show, along with its uh, its follow-up successor show from that same season, will go up. So if you are looking for me to be on stage for something, that's what we would be looking for. Fantastic. And when do you think that'll happen? Not a damn clue. <laughs> mm, okay. No, probably uh, if if we follow through with it, we're looking at around maybe anywhere in the, the fall of 21 uh, or early winter. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, Rocco, you were just about to say something. Yeah. So so you do all this work, all this stuff happens and then bang, you're shut down because of covid. That fucking sucks. (laughs) So were there any moments of like maybe if we did seat spacing, maybe if we like like attempts to say, hey, we're going to. You know what I mean? Where was there anything, or was it just like, no, we're shut down, we're shut down, that's it, done. No, we we actually did try a, a couple of ideas. Uh, we've ha- we had several powwows, both as a cast and crew, but also with the artistic staff of Blackfriars to say, well, how can we, how can we not waste the last two months of your lives and the work that you put into this, um, and. 
we we had talked exactly about that. You know, can we minimize spacing? No, we can't even get people in here. Okay, well, how do we feel about doing multiple camera angles and pre-record the show and show it that way? And that brings up the the visual and audio aesthetics that were so heavily weighed into the show. It that robs the artistic integrity of not only the show but those who created the the effects sure and you don't want to rob those people as much as you don't want to rob the actors on the stage and the director who's putting it all together it's it's got to be a fair process mm-hmm. so we we felt it best as a crew as well as with the um the artistic staff to say we will hold off until such a time as we can give this show its due which was at that time tbd and a little less tbd now Okay. So my follow-up question to that would be then, you know, now we're prepping and into a post COVID world We're we're, we're prepping the show. We, we got fucked the first time we're going to, we're putting the show on now, you know, but, but now we go into places like Wegmans, we go into different convenience stores. We go into different places. I went to a restaurant where they had plastic sheets between the tables and they check your temperature before you walked in all these different precautions. What are, do you know, and what will we be looking at or seeing when as an audience member going back to the theater, have you heard anything along those lines? Anything from local? It's hard to say. Uh, it's, it really can depend on the theater. There, there are places like the, the JCC center stage is the Jewish community center mm-hmm. of Rochester um, or greater Rochester. I've worked with them for several years, a great place. So if you want to see a show, go, go check out what they have on display, but they, they just announced a new outdoor stage that they are going to be putting right there on the JCC campus. Mm. And that is sort of their immediate answer to how do we get people to come watch theater in a safe way. Um, I know that a lot of places are opening up to capacity, at least from restaurants, what you're talking mm-hmm. about, and um, other you know, stadiums and whatnot are opening up to capacity because of vaccinations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, to come back to that part, if you're not getting a vaccine, you're a fucking idiot only because it's going to rob you of the opportunity to see things like this. In terms of in-house, I'm not aware of what um, theaters are currently planning on, but they are moving forward with with auditions right now, Blackfriars is doing auditions for their uh, Bitsy program. That's their uh, it's their high school and college students program oh, wow. that gets them in, and that's a summer program for for those theater students. Uh, JCC is doing the same thing as well. You know, they're going to be doing uh, a show that is all for their college arts. So they're both doing their auditions right now to plan for audiences, but how they're going to handle that audience is something I'm unaware of at this point, but I know a lot of community theaters are looking into it actively because a year without that, you're, you're in a dire straight situation. So you want those butts in those seats as soon as possible. Sure. Yeah. We want those butts. All right. Oh yeah. Listen, uh, there's probably a lot of listeners um, that are listening now that maybe didn't hear you a year and however many months ago it was, you said February. Um, Let's go over quickly what it is you do. I believe you still work with or around Rocco, right? Yeah. Well, yes. uh, depending depending on my mood for the day, I help Rocco out when he needs right. uh, technical assistance. I, I am 
a uh, a cloud systems engineer. I am, for, for lack of a better way of putting it, I am customer support for people who are just getting onboarded into a phone system. That's that's how I um, describe my job. Um, and that's my by day, but by night, I get right. on a stage or I get on a microphone and I pluck at the strings of your heart and I want to make you feel moved. I want you to feel something, whether it be something you want to feel or something you didn't know you were capable of feeling, you will feel it. Is that a monologue? No, that was just me riffing and realizing that in these times of um, Hilton Hilton principles and uh, Governor Cuomo, it's probably not wise for me to start talking about feeling things people don't want to feel. Exactly. That's what this show is about. It's called a struggle. That's what you do. (laughs) That's what you do for the Hesheman. (laughs) <laughs> for the cash uh, that's what you do to get by but but what fills your heart is acting yes is being on stage and mm-hmm. and you you tend to do more of the um actual theater plays as opposed to musicals am i right uh at least recently it's been more plays than musicals um only because i've realized that i'm not as strong a singer as i thought no nah, just kidding um I uh, it, it it's wherever I find the opportunity and where the the director's willing to take a chance. Um okay. you know, I, I my whole background was heavily into musical theater. I was doing that shit since I was 10. My older sister came home one day from musical rehearsal. She's like, "Hey, I told the director that you can sing." And uh he asked if you wanted to be in the show. I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." And the next day I was starting theater and you know the next year was Oliver and then he was just doing that stuff I went to music school to be an educator and then I decided uh, that's just not worth it so uh, I don't want to be corrupting minds because mine's <laughs> as corrupt as it could possibly be at this point so I'll just continue on with theater and opera and stuff and then I started doing straight plays here in Rochester and I've never had more fun than doing a straight play because it's so much more challenging uh-huh. you know you don't have the luxury of the music telling you how to you know express that emotion in that moment it is quite literally the most honest form of mm-hmm. interaction that i've ever seen on stage is just being able to communicate person to person line by line just you reading off that person it's it's such a it's a thrill it's terrifying as hell absolutely terrifying as hell to do that especially when you're working with such wonderful artists is what rochester has but it's uh it's something i would never give up in the world do you and and you know does this make you high like for instance when i've i've performed stand-up what three times maybe dan i did that we did the thing together Mm-hmm. And then I did a couple open mic nights. Oh, you're counting that? Yeah, okay. Then you have three. Yeah. yeah. Um, the real, like real ones. And mm-hmm. I, I would say twice on your own is really what what counts. And I I got up there and and it was absolutely terrifying. But once the crowd started laughing, there was this exhilarated high, of which mm-hmm. I have never experienced before nor again since. Is yes. that the same? So that's the same thing that you're getting. Yeah. 
Well, it's it's. Well, have you ever bombed? Yeah, I mean, just in life, yes. Oh, okay. Well, like, because, but have you ever felt like you or like you 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 give out a joke, and maybe it just doesn't land? There, yes. You, you you are certain that you have nailed it, and then there's silence. Maybe yeah. someone uncomfortable groans. Well, I'll I'll just speak for him because <laughs> I was I was in the audience for both of his stand up. Um, uh, appearances and there were jokes that fell flat and there were <laughs> jokes that killed so right and the reason why i ask is not to like bring out embarrassment it's it's just to be like it's because there when you're on the stage and you're the center of attention it is it is a hugely powerful moment mm-hmm. and if you and if you can succeed in that moment you feel exactly as you stated it Rocco you feel that high you get that exhilaration of you've achieved this you've achieved what all of that work went into but it's also the most deflating fucking thing when you try to land a line that has a punchline uh in a show I I'm terrible at comedy I I am the most unfunny person on stage I cannot do farces without being unironic and it's terrible it's awful and you just feel absolutely terrible if people don't react in a way you expect them to. But that's also the key part of theater is taking yourself out of that moment. And maybe that's kind of what goes into comedy too. I don't know. I can't say, but as soon as you just take yourself out of it, that high is so much easier because you're just being honest. You're just being the most genuine you can possibly be, whether mm. it's being a genuinely stupid, funny character or a, a genuinely broken, happy, or horrible person in yeah. that moment. Sorry, I get like a little, little bigged up into it because cool. it's just it's it's just such a thrill. I love doing that Clint. stuff, and I missed it so much this last year. But Clint, um, yeah, um, it seems to me like both art forms, although pretty different do feed off the energy of the room it's all about that that atmosphere mm-hmm. that you're getting from the people that are literally in front of you um and and that seems like it's just something that you're not really going to find anywhere else no that's, i mean it's true at least not from my experience yeah same same here i mean i can uh, i've never done a play before but i mean being on that stage and talking about the things that i wrote and then hearing them laugh about it. But yeah, I mean, a couple, a couple things didn't land, but still, mm. and you know, Colin, I like, I can't even imagine you on a full ensemble play and you're having to play off of other people, which is to me, I don't even know how I'd be able to do that. It's, that is a challenging part. Uh, one of the, one of the women that I was working with, actually, she's the the lead of the show. Um, um, she she and I had done a, a show together back in 2016 and it was a straight play and there was we had worked so hard in this this show for two months that it was just like we were of one brain and there was a moment where something she'd never done before um, it was very striking in the moment during product during a live performance where she went up on a line where there was supposed to be um, a lot of background going up on a line for anyone who's listening is you just blank. You forget what you're supposed to say. You're just standing there going, Oh shit. And you're just a deer in headlights. And she went up, she couldn't recover. And I felt so terrible, but you, you're, you're right there 
caring about the, the person who's on that that side of the stage with you and you just want to bail them out you want to help them out you want to help them keep moving in the scene and i just yeah. pretty much took her line encompassed it as much as i could to make it believable to my character in that moment so that i could get across what she needed to say or to get her to a she could go through with her oh, line okay and it was it was just like such a thrill in that moment to just be like, okay, great. We were able to do that together. We were able to, to keep going, move on. And the show picked up and, and kept going. Cause nothing, nothing will derail a show other than a hard stop, uh, worse yeah. than a hard stop. That, yeah. that is awful. Oh, oh, you can't just go uh, line. Yeah. Sure. Nope. <laughs> line. That's like, it reminds me of Andy oh, Bernard in that, um, <laughs> in that office episode where his cell phone kept going off. During Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. And oh. he's like, I silenced that bird. I silenced it forever. I killed it, much like you, Sweeney Todd. Oh, crap. No one oh, knows crap. yet that you're a murderer. Um, I, I <laughs> well, I guessed. I guessed it. I guess that's what you did. Like, it just, that just fell apart. Yeah. Oh, but oh. anyway, um, I have to say, Colin, I, I hope that these productions get back into full swing soon. Um, I would love to, um, you know, the wife and I were even, even just talking about it today. Cause you know, she was like, who's your guest tonight? And what are you guys talking about? And she's like, Oh, you know, does he do any play? I mean, I, is there going to be any plays anytime soon? Cause I mean, we're, we're itching to get out of the house and go do something. So I was like, yeah, you know, um, I'll ask him if, if the plays are going to be back on and maybe we'll go, you know, we'll go see him. So I hope so. I hope so for you and the rest of your lesbian, thespian friends, <laughs> Mm -hmm. very inclusive here thank you we're very inclusive um but with that being said when we come back we're going to do everybody's favorite part of our show fuck you where we just roast i don't know something all right we'll be right back need more context on your favorite movie is obama obama okay senator obama Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is Perfect this is Freddy. quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. We are back. Yeah. With... Go ahead. Everybody, Sorry, I, 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 just go ahead. It's everybody's favorite part of the show. I got a lot of problems with you people. Uh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Try to play it again, Dan. <laughs> Do it. There it is. Where we gripe about something in this world that bothers us, uh, person, place, or thing, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, so, who wants to go foist? I got a big one, so I'm gonna wait. Uh, Colin, are you ready? Do you have one in the in the holster? I I, I do, um, mainly because this one's been bothering me for a couple of days now. So, my my partner and I we we went to the Adirondacks for a long weekend this past weekend. And, you know, we we were you know what we're tired of Rocco and his shit, mm -hmm. so I need a break. It's fair. His neatness. God, we've so, all been there. Oh man, even even though he and I don't work directly anymore, it's still annoying. Yeah. Um, it's true. And 
we, we, it was great. We had a great time. We we were right there on Mirror Lake. So it and it is gorgeous. The sun catches like uh, Lake Placid. Yeah, right up there, Lake Placid. We we had a beautiful hotel room that was one hundred percent dog friendly. The whole town. What, what was the hotel? Um, I honestly couldn't tell you the name of it, and I know that my partner she would probably cut my nuts off. If was it a Was it a nice hotel? It, it was very nice. It's okay. uh, honestly there are no bad hotels in Lake Placid. They they have to be quality given well, the that's kind of stuff true. they bring there. Yeah, you're asking but him because I, you're I, wondering if it's where we stayed, Dan. Well, no, we stayed at, at if they had a shitty hotel, that was the hotel we stayed in. Oh, the, the one where we all met and drank before the wedding. Yes, that's um, the but, one. <laughs> but but Ray Ray and Washua got married there and they stayed in in the nicer and actually got married in the nice. Yeah, the nice that. hotel, which is probably the one you guys stayed in. Mm. But anyway, so uh, you, yeah, so I'll you're like, out in Lake Placid and you're you're doing right. your thing. We're Lake Placid, we're having a great time. We we got massages. We we ate wonderful food. We had great mm. drinks. We went to all the shops and we talked to everybody. Everyone was great and wonderful, and except for one, I I I am notorious for losing sunglasses, and so I didn't bring any with me. We stop into this small shop. They've got all these custom printed tees. They've got this. Look at that. There's a nice little stack of sunglasses right there oh, i found found one that i really like i'm gonna get these and we're standing there at the counter waiting to check out the girl behind there is printing t-shirts while talking to this other couple and we're just sitting there and i want to say a fuck you to her a big fuck you to her mm -hmm. because you somehow tainted the wonderfulness that was this town of lake placid we're listening to the music in your store and we're actually dancing in public. That's not something we do. We're dancing in public. We're enjoying ourselves. We just had great breakfast and now we're about to go hike a mountain and we're about to say this. And suddenly you look over at us and you have this judgmental look on your face, your hippy dippy tie dye bullshit shirt face, just staring at us like, okay, this is weird. You don't say it, but it's in your face. And we stop, we see eyes with you and you say to my partner, you don't know it's it's just a checkout line man you don't have you don't have to be so weird about it man and it was the man it was the man thing that drove me bonkers fuck you and your stupid man that you leaned into right there because i wanted to jump across the counter and throttle you for ruining our good time i had to literally turn to my partner and say to her maybe you want to step outside right now because i could tell that she was going to jump over the counter and make wow. a scene and we would have to explain to our families why one of us is in jail. Yeah. So fuck you to that one person in the wonderful place that was Lake Placid for ruining that moment and being the one thing that sticks in my brain as I came back from that vacation. Damn, dude. That sounds fucked up. Fuck that bitch, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how hard is it to say, oh, hey, I see you there. I'm going to be right there with you. But instead, you make it on us to be like, well, you're really uncomfortable, but it's on you to not feel that yeah. so fuck it <laughs> wow. okay well i hope that didn't ruin your weekend no it didn't yeah i just i just wanted to ruin her <laughs> it's fair uh, all right rock yeah i'll go um thank you colin by the way that that was a solid fuck you it well, was thank you. very much so um 
I'm doing the self checkout thing at Wegmans, and Dan, I Here know. We go. Here we I go. Know. It's like an ongoing thing with you. I know. We should have an intro to this. Rock yeah. goes self checkout. Right, and it's like I don't work here, but I guess I do now. Yeah. And that's fine because the less I have to deal with other human beings while I'm out, the better. And I know Dan, yeah, when you're, you're when you're there, when you're there doing the self checkout. Which, by the way, this is a this is a Bill Burr bit when he says, "Do I fucking work here?" Um, when you're doing it, when you're bagging your own shit and like scanning your booping, as you like to say, we doing the boops. You should you literally the look at the person who's standing there and just go, "Hey, do I get a name tag or what? Do I get a vest? Right? A vest. Do I get a vest?" Let's go ahead. So I'm doing the thing. I'm booping the thing. And and uh, I booped the beer. Yeah, there you go. And and now now someone's got to come over. Now I got to wait for them to come over. Okay, and this broad is over here chatting it up with one of the with the with the police officer because we got an officer at our Wegmans. Oh, my God. These officers are always in the way over there. Yeah, it's just like I wish I had such an easy job. Uh, carry a gun and stand and stare down minorities while they're trying to cash out. Sounds like fun. But anyway, um, she's chatting it up with this guy, with this officer, and I'm sitting there and now I start doing the passive aggressive the the hands. <laughs> <laughs> Putting his hands uh hands and, up in the in the W shape. And I'm not I'm not inebriated and I'm white, so I can do that to a police officer. Right. Nice. You know, and and that's what the beers were for, because I wasn't inebriated yet. So anyway, um, true problem. Exactly. So she comes over and she does the thing and she looks at my she says, thank you. Said, no problem. And uh, she looks down at my beer and she goes, oh, my God, I never tried these. Can I pick them up and look at them? I said, yeah, I don't. That's fine. I don't care. Cause I'm doing, you know, my card thing and stuff. I'm, you know, doing my new job apparently. And, uh, I jokingly go, wait, do you have COVID? As she was picking up my cans and I can't stand people that don't have any sense of humor. Yeah. Just, and then ask stupid questions. She goes, Oh my God. No. Do you, That was her response. I don't even I, I can't even joke about that. That's actually what happened. I looked at her like. No, I was just looking for a pal. You know, I have it. I want to see if other people do. Well, right. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Like people with herpes. Like, I'm just looking for another herper. You know what I mean? Well, this is this is someone Rocco was just flirting with a police officer. That's true. So no sense of humor at all. Mm. And so I'm like, I'm like. Okay, so I'm like, I'm kidding. Like, I'm she goes, because if I had COVID, I wouldn't even be able to come into work. And I'm like, I don't I don't think we got to this point where I needed any more explanation. Like, I don't I know, dumb bitch. I like everyone knows that. I don't like we are we have gone, we're off the rails at this point. You're telling me that when you have COVID, you can't go to work? What? Holy shit. Yeah. Fuck, I'm so mad. I'm so there now is she working she, right now? I don't know. So she does kind of like that. Okay, great. Have a good night. And then frolics back to the officer. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> fuck you to the fact that I'm always in those weird situations that I have to be in. And I don't Damn know it. why that these things happen to me and only me. Maybe it's my mouth. 
when you go to Wegmans next time, bring me with you. What is it with you and checkout lines? Yeah, dude. Because wasn't Lowe's theme. like one you had a problem with like six yeah. times or something like that? Yes. Every time he's at the checkout. Well, this is a big trigger for us. I don't know. Our it's age a... range, our gender. I don't know what it is, but we're just fucking. Well, no, this is my thing. I have people don't understand. I got my exit strategy mapped out. As soon as I walk into there, I know what I'm laying down on the conveyor in what order to make it easier for the cashier to bag my shit so we can get into my card as soon as freaking possible. And I got my card in my hand. If I need my ID, it's in my hand. My ID is above my credit card so I can show my ID first, flop to my credit card and scan it. I know what numbers I'm going to type in. I know whether or not I need cash back. I have all of that by the time I walk into the fucking line. Why? So I'm not one of the people that I complain about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So when they do it, I said, why didn't you plan? Right. And it goes back to what I said before. I am not a genius. I'm not a smart guy. So how am I thinking of these things? Mm. And you people are not. That's it. Yeah. They're self-centered. They're bastards. I got um, a, I got, I got a lot of you. problems. <laughs> I, yeah, that's for sure. Well, thank you for illuminating that for us. You're um, welcome. I, I do really wish I could fucking. Can we just ditch our families and hang out and just fucking go to stores together? We, we would should. be so fucking terrible. That would be the an awesome. Shit that YouTube would come out of our mouths in public. Oh my god. We um, should dress like two old men too. Really tall socks, New Balance sneakers. <laughs> I got a couple around here. Somewhere. There you go. All right, Danny, um, you got you had to my, you tease this big one. Yeah, my fuck you is broad and yet specific at the same time. I'm going to go broad first by saying it's it's difficult to say we're a small podcast and we've joined a larger network um, of other small podcasts. Sure. And we feel bigger because of that. And we've mm -hmm. been focusing a lot on advertising lately, hoping you know to get some in. We mm -hmm. actually will have some advertising in June. Yep. Um, but you know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, especially over the last few years, um, because I'm a mailman, you know, I walk around and I don't have anything better to do. Sure. I listen to, uh, you know, a few that are very small and not well known, but I do listen to a handful that are very, very big. And I've noticed a trend for a while now where, you know, first of all, podcasts really started back in the mid 2000s, 2005, mm -hmm. 2006, somewhere in there. And there's some big heavyweights, you know, like Mark Marin, you know, big comedy legends that have that have podcasts out. And, and it makes sense because the medium was new. And it sure. Was a way for them to get more fans, et cetera. But now I'm noticing a lot more podcasts with big name celebrities that don't need to have podcasts. And there's a billion out there and it just feels like, like, why does, why does Rob Lowe, why, why does he need a podcast? Literally, literally. Why does literally. he need a podcast? Literally. With Rob Lowe, literally. Where he <laughs> interviews celebrities. Like it's been done. Every celebrity ends up doing like 10 different podcasts and talks about the same shit every single time. Yeah, I listen to Smartless as well, which I, I mean, I like these guys, but it, it does end up being kind of white noise sometimes because these guests are on other podcasts to begin with. And yeah. what really bothers me, and I, and, and I want to get specific about this, if you're going to be someone huge, like let's say, you know, Dak Shepard with Armchair 
expert and, and smart list with those guys. And okay. You guys make millions of dollars. You don't need to do this podcast, but you're doing it for fun. Uh, and I get that. But why do you have to have a minute, minute and a half commercials for AutoZone? Yeah. Then into another advertisement, followed by another advertisement. Gary's guns, guns, guns. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is maddening. You guys yeah. make so much money. You do not. If you're going to do a podcast, fine. You're taking listeners away from us, which, which, uh, okay. But then to bombard us with these advertisements, you don't need the fucking money. They make no. millions of dollars. Stop adding to the bullshit that's already out there and let people listen to us for once. Now, one thing that really sent me over the edge today is I was listening to another podcast and they had an ad for yet another podcast. <laughs> the ad, the podcast is from fucking Chaban and it's a yogurt podcast. It's a yogurt yeah, cast. I, I, I mean, it's thinking, unique. Folks. What the fuck? What it's just like you know, the whole podcast is the sound of opening Chibani. It's the whole, it's an ASMR. Special guest, John Stamos with Oikos. Right. Like, fuck off. We don't, why? <laughs> why? Stamos. So that's, you know, just fuck. Yes. Enough is enough. So what, what so your fuck you is to Chibani. Yeah, just, just <laughs> all that bullshit, man. Come on. Thank you, Dad. That was no, that was good. And I and I agree with you. And, you know, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan. Not I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan's guests. Um, most of them, not all of them. Um, but no, I know what you mean. Like, you're already making millions of dollars. And now I got to listen to a five minute ad for fucking Asper cream. And it's just like, I OK, you know, I don't need that. So, yeah, fuck you. I'm, I'm with you. Thank you. And uh, thank you to Colin. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you guys so much for uh, bringing me on here. I appreciate you, uh, you know, asking and uh, welcoming me back into your good graces here. It's been too long. Absolutely, nice. absolutely, and live yeah, excellent live audience. Um, no, absolutely, man. And we definitely we wanted to get back with you and and get a barometer check on where you've been at and where the theater is at, and we hope. And and well, we don't pray here, but we hope and we think. Um, we cross so we just, our fingers. We just do the thoughts. We don't do the prayers part. <laughs> don't do yeah. the prayers part of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Prayers, no, it's the thoughts. <laughs> um, that the theater, you know, gets up and running. Um, if there's anything that um, that you need from us, you know, um, we're selling advertising right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see. Yeah, there. Well, well that's why. Thank you. That's see a, that? No, um, I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, we hope uh, only for the best things. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to want to go to one of those shows. And uh, I know my wife is interested as well. So I'd really love to be there. Um, yeah. So if we're looking forward to that. It's the Black Friars Theater in Rochester, New York. Mm -hmm. Small theater, and they can find it on Facebook. There's probably a web page too. Yes, uh, the web page is Black Friars. Um, it's, excuse, oh crap! Now I can't think off the top of my head. I am a horrible representative. For these we'll guys just edit that here. out. Uh, it's uh, there we go. You find you. You all know how to use Google. 
Find Blackfriars Theater, yeah. Rochester, New York. If you don't know how to look it up, you're a dumb fuck. You don't deserve to go. Exactly. And for updates, hit refresh every five minutes. Um, <laughs> Blackfriars.org. .org. There it is. Yes. Blackfriars.org. So check that out. While you're checking things out, make sure you check out all the awesome sweet ass podcasts on DFAT entertainment, including insensitive culture where Dan and I was, where Dan and I were last night. Um, yes, do. Yes, do. Yes, do. Um, bloody. All right. Oh, we're not getting serious. Anyway. Um, if you want to know what that means, listen to the episode. Um, continuing on, um, make sure that you are checking out on May the 4th, May the 4th be with you, the live Star Warriors podcast, which I will be on. So make sure that you're checking that out as well as part of the DFAT family, DFAT Entertainment. Um, and lastly, but not leastly, um, there is a GoFundMe up on our, uh, on our page for uh, a friend of ours named Randy. Um, Randy uh, randomly ran into some medical issues that he shouldn't really be running into at his age and he needs some medical equipment that um, America's wonderful insurance system um, is obviously helping very much to pay for um, which is why he needs a GoFundMe um, but jokes aside uh, give give what you can a penny a nickel a quarter a dime whatever it is give him something okay um, we love all of you thanks so much party on Wayne Bye, everyone.